Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Ez, question for today. Is the Obi-Wan Darth Maul Qui-Gon, you know, fight, is it the best fight in Star Wars? Yes. 100%. Yes, it is. It is the duel of fates. It is honestly unbelievable. And you just sent me before to get hyped. We always do these things where we look at, um, whether it's a clip, listen to some music or whatever. And I just watched that, and it is literally Obi Wan is fighting for everyone. So is Qui Gon. Right? They're fighting for everything. I mean, they're fighting these like a a Sith. I mean, yes, the Sith are back, and, and the Council doesn't believe it. And here they are. I, I it's it's unreal, you know. It's yeah. it's it's dangerous. Here, a Sith is dangerous. Here's the here's the thing, you know. Um, we go back as and I, I we, we go, you know, I I'm always firm on the high ground. Right. Of course, even though in this fight, Obi-Wan doesn't even need the high ground because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a master of the high ground, you can actually use yes. the low ground to get to the high ground because he goes above Darth Maul. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. And then he had the high ground caught him by surprise and That's defeats right. him. That's right. Right. So, you know, the master of the high ground, he's uh, truly. But, uh, Right. So for me, I guess the big di- the big difference between that fight and then episode three, um, and th- as and I just we're just talking about this before before we started recording, um, is and the reason I li- one the reason I prefer episode one's final fight so much. One, of course, it's Qui Gon and Obi Wan versus Darth Maul. I mean, you go all. I mean, just start at the beginning, right? Darth Maul comes out. You have the duel of fates playing which is like yes. this new music it's incredibly epic it's amazing right um you know the double lightsaber launch it's insane um you know and then all the way just just to just talk about the ending right even though there's all this other cool stuff with the Qui-Gon so just you can just take Obi-Wan versus Maul mm-hmm. Obi-Wan standing there the gates closed he's like bouncing on his feet you know like a like like a boxer or something mm-hmm. like getting yep. ready to like yep. come in here and then the biggest thing that this has going for it compared to any of the other fights is just that it's Ray Park right I mean Ray Park is a professional you know stuntman like martial artist all that stuff and so everything they he does in this fight 
is real. It's it's real. It looks good. Like there's a, there's a moment where where Obi Wan slashes and uh, Maul flips right. Like he does this yeah, like sideways right. flip. It's not CG. It's not you know. It's not like Count Dooku right. You know where you have to you have to cut away and you know or, or make it look like it's something else. It's not Palpatine spinning through the air. It's not Yoda. Um, you know, or even Anakin Obi-Wan doing some flip that obviously is beyond the power and scale of Ewan McGregor or Hayden Christensen, right? And so because it's Ray Park doing this, like, sideways flip, it's practical, right? You know, we talk about, like, one of the things that makes uh, – one of the things I really like about Episode 7 is that kind of um, – that, and they started to go back to the practical effects, right? Yes. Uh, that's what makes 4, 5, and 6 so amazing. It's all practical. It's not all CG. So – Episode one, oddly, though, is where they were still using practical stuff uh, before, like, two and three, which are pretty much all CG. Um, episode one has the most miniatures in it, if you ever knew. If you didn't, if people that didn't know that, uh, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of, actually, miniature work in episode one. But so it just, it's, that, it's that feel, right, of Ray Park doing this flip that's, like, an actual flip. It looks cool, um, and it's just, like, it's... It's a shorter fight, but every move looks like it's important. It's not flair. It's it, it's it's ah, I just love yeah. it, man. I just no. I just love it because because yeah. real quick here, one one thing is so in episode three, just to compare it, episode three is so epic and so grand, and there's so much weight behind it because it's Obi Wan and Anakin that you end up kind of forgetting about some of the cool moments like to me the most memorable thing from that fight is actually where they're standing there spinning the blades and they're not even touching each other right like that's like one of the first things i think about mm -hmm. um rather than like it's hard for me to think of like oh yeah what are some actual just cool lights like cool fighting stuff inside of there that isn't um you know, it's 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 not like them when they're both force pushing each other at the same time, or then of course the the end where the, he jumps up. Like whereas the Obi Wan fight, it's like oh no, I actually think of the actual fight itself, like Obi Wan coming in and and like where he puts the blade behind his back, right? And so I think more about the actual fight with Maul Obi Wan, and rather than the implications of the fight as I, as you do with Episode Three. Yeah, and actually, so here's something: I'll I'll take everything you said. And let's amplify it a little bit because I think you you can add on to, and you're kind of hyper-focused in on that, that Obi-Wan coming out fighting Darth Maul. Um, and what we heard recently in in uh, the Disney, Disney gallery. gallery, yeah, uh, Dave Filoni kind of hyping and talking about the importance of the of this duel of fates. It has, it, there, everything is riding on this. Let, hear me out, okay? Darth Maul kills a Jedi master. <laughs> well, let that sink in for a second okay he this jedi master had his apprentice there it was two on one and the council no one believed that that they had returned they're so arrogant to think that we would have known right they couldn't have returned without us knowing if obi-wan doesn't does not i mean you, you th think of the pressure on him now right he's lost his master Okay, the council doesn't even believe this guy is real. I am fighting for my life. And I am also fighting for the entire order. I mean, Obi-Wan, like, it's such a big deal. So he goes in there, and you can tell, as you say, it's not flair. 
he's fighting for it. He's using everything he has as an apprentice to fight. He's draw everything Qui-Gon has taught him has like, it's this moment here. It is like, this is your trial. And he beats Darth Maul. Thankfully, if he doesn't, Matt, then who trains Anakin? Who do they even learn about the Sith Lord? No, they don't. He disappears and they stay in the shadows and it's not even brought to the attention of the council. Like there are so many things. Obi-Wan winning that fight is everything. It's super important. Um, Losing Qui-Gon is also everything that it's just, it's wild. What hangs on that? And that's why I love the name of it. The title, the Epic music. It is what makes the prequels so important, such a big deal. It's why episode one is probably creeping up into the top six or top five of like Star Wars movies. It's it's so good. I mean, for some people, it's always been up there. You know, Matt, it's always been one of it's his my favorites. Number one. It will always yeah. be my number one. Right. Yeah, man. Again, I mean, the fight, right? It's also, it's, there is no, there's no fight like it in the rest of Star Wars, Right. Um, it's just, it's filmed differently. It's, it's just, it's so cool. One of my favorite shots in that is the zoom in, right? When they, when they move from the hangar into the kind of arc reactor room before they move into like the final tunnel, uh, and then that final room with the pit, um, there's like some really cool shots in there too. Like for me, it, the the shot where it zooms in on all three of their faces, it's just mm-hmm. the, it's just really cool. And before it transitions back to like what's going on with Anakin or whatever, right. um, it, I, I just it, I just love that where it just zooms in on like Darth Maul's face and then Qui Gon's face and then Obi Wan's. Like there's no shot like that in Star Wars. There's no other filmed shot like that in Star Wars. It's just it's so cool. It's so unique, and that's what I love. For me, I love about episode one, uh, but specifically in this fight, this fight is unique. It is there's 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 not another fight with like a professional stuntman as the lead. Right. I mean, you have, you know, you have like Luke Skywalker versus uh, Vader. Right. Episode five and episode six are both good, um, but they're not you know, they're obviously not like the fights in the prequels. And even in the sequels. You know, you have stunt people who come in for some of the for some of the fighting, but the majority of the fighting is done by actors who have been training to do it. But it's just, it's so different. That's one of the reasons that everyone says, "My God, the final fight of Clone Wars, right, with Maul and Ahsoka, where it's motion captured, it's so obviously motion captured, right, looks right. so much better, and it's because you have an actual professional stunt man in there." As your, you know, as the person who's doing it. So it looks more realistic. Right. And that's that's one of the things I I love. And don't get me wrong. It's not I'm not I'm not dissing on any of the other fights in Star Wars or whatever. That's just that's just some of the reasons for me that I I think about it, because when I think about that fight, I like I think of Obi-Wan, you know, just his first sequence of moves when he comes out of the gate against Maul. And it's so cool because. You know, just when it's the front to the back, right? And that yeah, only work, yeah. and that type, and that type of a move only works that well with somebody like Maul who has a dual bladed lightsaber. And that was the first right. time we'd seen that, right? And really, yeah. the only yeah. time you see that in the entire movie trilogy, in the entire the entire nine movies, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. there's 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 no you know. The only other odd lightsaber is Kylo Ren's, who he's just got the, kind of like the Claymore thing, but it doesn't right. it doesn't really cause for any sort of like kind of different type of fights. 
Um, so yeah, I, it's just yeah. I don't know. We we I just been, I've been watching it just recently, and I was just like, I oh, God, this this fight. And so, you know, we've been talking about Maul and stuff lately, and going be I went back and rewatched some of the Clone War stuff, uh, and did rewatch that Ahsoka Maul fight, and I was just thinking, my God, man, really Ray Park to that fight as we were talking just a couple weeks ago. That fight seems so cool, and it's because of that. Absolutely, yeah. So shout out to Ray Park. I mean, as you say, that's the extra the X factor there, and that makes it really cool. It's not a stunt person coming in, and in um. Like, the other thing is that he makes, like, like when he's fighting there in episode one, the other actors, um, it just, it, he's able to help sell their moves even more because exactly. he knows what that's like. So, it does just seem super real, and that's why I think George Lucas wanted to get Ray Park. The same things were happening with all these um, um, kind of, like, martial arts, kung fu type of movies where they were saying, no, we want someone who can actually do that. And bring them in, and then we, we will help them with the acting piece, but we want the real deal in right. here, and it's going to make it that much better, and that's what's really cool about it. So, yeah, it's one of the best. It's, if not the best fight. As you said, it's the best fight. I, I can't argue with you. It's, it's amazing. And for me, too, I always think about, like you said, it's all those the shots, it's the choreography, it's Ray Park. And then for me, it was just like the add-on that it's the Duel of Fates just takes it to the next level. So yeah. it's the only thing that, that, I mean, yeah, no, we'll leave it there. That's, I mean, it's it. It's the best. So there's that. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, speaking of the best, as always, we're continuing our kind of movie showdowns uh, over on our Twitter. We posted a poll just um, minutes ago, really. Uh, which movie is better? Episode two, Attack of the Clones versus episode eight, The Last Jedi. Uh, currently at 116 votes. It's going to be up for a week. Um, wow, it is literally, as we're speaking, it is going up to 117 votes, 25.6% Attack of the Clones, 74.4% The Last Jedi. Man, it is. So uh, go check out that over on our Twitter uh, if you guys want to participate in that. You know, I, here I am. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a prequel guy. Maybe I'll just uh, toss it over into uh, prequel memes and see if we can get it. Exploded. Oh, boy. Send in the for the Republic, you know. So uh, so that oh, is our gosh. current poll up there. Yeah. 117, man. Wow. Attack of the Clones just getting um, attacked, really, by The Last Jedi over there. So, uh, yeah, let it's that, just let it, that, it, the, I, I didn't I didn't think it would be that um, that different of the of the of the polls. I thought it'd be. I, mean, I thought it'd. Be, I thought it'd be closer. That'd be closer. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know that I thought that Attack of the Clones would win, but I did. I definitely did not think it would be seventy-five percent. The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You kind of put put uh, put us in a spot where we're thinking about like comparing movie to movie. It's it's uh, it's tough. It's interesting. You know. Yeah. Which is better? Which do you like more? So. Would you say you're running it for seven days, seven day poll? Yeah, I, I have it as a seven day poll. I figured I'll just we'll yeah. just let the we'll let the internet internet decide here. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, um, so we have kind of a batch of uh, transmissions today to get through. So this is going to be fun. We've got several, and uh, thank you to everyone who's been sending those in. You can send those to hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. And as we said last week, we are looking to get more of these and actually. Um, you know, uh, read more of these on the show. So if you guys have thoughts or you have theories, please send them in. And they may even turn into YouTube uh, videos and clips as well. So we've started to kind of um, 
up the old YouTube game, and we have a lot more content going up there. So uh, just keep that in mind, I guess, if you would like to send something in and uh, and sort of have some some discourse with us. So are we ready to kind of jump into those? Uh, yeah. Um, well, before we did real quick, did we want to talk about the Disney Disney Gallery episodes? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Just real quick. Yeah, just real quick. So there have been two new Disney Gallery episodes, um, one on technology and the other on kind of um, the practical effects, right, that they've been using. Uh, and, so, and so both of those episodes, I found the technology episode to be incredibly exciting as I yeah. I thought that it was super cool how they they call it the volume right which is this John Favreau goes through his whole spiel of like well I started here then I worked on Lion King and Jungle Book and all this stuff and um, how the technology involved and then they talked about how the Mandalorian is filmed not in front of a green screen but in front of this this thing called the volume which is this enormous like circular room um, where they have huge LED panels, right? Like like 130 feet or whatever they are, uh, TVs. And so that they actually use like a video game engine, they said, um, like VR. And you basically can like see what it's going to look like in post-production while you're there, right? So instead of right. like, they talk about how, well, crap, you know, if you do it all in front of green screen and you need to move the light, well, then you have to go back in there, reshoot it, like move the light here. And so they said it's just it's all different. And I thought it was really cool. I think it's it's a super cool set. Uh, and it's going to change the way that, you know, filming these type of things are are done. Right. And what and just, um, you know, you're not you don't have to go out to these locations. They said that they said basically they take they go out and they film actual locations. Right. With these like super um realistic you know like incredibly high quality cameras and stuff like that and that they can in real time like shift it around mm -hmm. right to make so if you're walking through a canyon right or you're fighting you can like shift it around in real time and it's super cool and they said like it really helps out on the the editing process and stuff like that i thought it was awesome yeah that was the one um episode that i i got uh i watched that one and because you were encouraging me to go go check that one out and i did and i couldn't believe um, how quickly, well, it seems like it's a time saver too. It seems like, as you're saying, yeah. you can just go right back in, move a few things around, go look at it, look at it in real time, uh, and, and make, make these changes. So I think it helps with the production, like in general, I think there's just a lot more you can do. And also, um, it was just sort of, it's the, the video game aspect to it, which I thought was cool. So they talked about, um, I think Kathleen Kennedy was even talking about like that there's that rendering, right? There, that, that video game can put like, like right. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, the, so they use VR headsets. Yeah, yeah, they use like VR headsets and stuff like that. And they talk about so like in in a video game, right? You're like you're a character, right? So let's let's take Jedi Fallen Order, right? The most recent recent Star Wars game, which is like a third person, right? It's film, you know, action adventure game. So when your character Cal Kestis, right, is turning around, you see the world as if he would see it, but it's all being rendered in real time, right? So like. If you turn around, you see what he sees, right? It's like because when you're watching film, you can only see where the camera is pointing, right? So if a character turns, you may not necessarily see what the character sees unless they decide to take the camera and do that. So in a video game, it's like as if you're in real life, right? So as I'm sitting in this chair, I'm spinning. My eyes are now moving away from the screen towards the wall, all that stuff. That's what you see in a video game. And so now they said that. 
um, some of the stuff they can do just with this enormous, like basically almost 360 degree screen is that they can like render all of this stuff. I mean, you could do the same thing in CG, but you have to go in and then create it. Well, now they've like already created it beforehand. And they said that helps out with like lighting and stuff like, Hey, we need to bring in another light here. And so it just ends up saving you tons and tons of time. I think it just looks super cool. I encourage everybody to go check out that episode. Um, because I think it's just it's really cool to see all the tech behind it. It makes me want to help convince Ez to buy you know a five thousand dollar gaming PC. You know, I mean, right? Tech upgrades, Ez, <laughs> they're necessary. Well, I know, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. It, it was really neat, and I am learning more about uh, you know that whole that whole uh, bit. So, what was really fascinating too is that I didn't realize how much they wanted to sh- that you would um, in film you would want to shy away from a character, especially your main character that has a lot of reflect uh, like like reflective uh, surfaces. And right. stuff, yeah. And so, but they use that to their advantage. It actually helps in the situation because the Mandalorian has, that's what they want. And they kind of talk about why, and it's just really, it's really neat. So they, they essentially show that off uh, with the Mandalorian, and I think it's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really interesting where they, because they talked about... Um his armor right uh and this some of this goes into the next episode too where they're just talking about like practical effects and all this other kind of stuff but um where they talk about how because you can't see his face as an actor um you know you can a line is totally different when you see somebody's emotions right i mean so like you know the same line can be you know read a ton of different ways just by looking at somebody's emotion on their face right you you can uh you know display sadness happiness whatever um you know you see like an evil smirk or something you know what i mean even the line can be read the same way but if you frown or if you smirk it's like okay well and is that evil is that you know sad stuff like that and so they said like for them a big part of it is like you know he has to be very uh, like they did a lot of pausing, right? So like he'd deliver a line and then maybe kind of pause. And so then you're like, okay, because of that timing, you can kind of let that line sink in. And so it's just cool. It, we, we talked we talked about this Disney gallery stuff for a bit um, and just kind of like how they film it and how it's just so challenging to film when your main character is wearing a mask and you don't really see his face. Uh, so then in the next episode uh, where they're talking about the, the practicality and why they wanted to bring stuff back and how they decided, you know, let's take characters that we saw before and kind of bring them to light, right? Like the Ugnots, right? So yeah. you see the Ugnots, right? But they're kind of just these background characters, right? Like they're kind of doing their own thing, right? And, you know, and like they're helping tear apart C-3PO and you know, all, yeah. all this stuff. And so now an Ugnot's a main character and you're like, okay, you know, like he's cool. Like Quill, he's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I have spoken, right? I mean, now I it's like, yeah, it's like Disney episode one, you know, it, it's really like episode one or two, you know, by the time you're done of Mandalorian, the Ugnots go from being characters that people forget about or scoff about or don't care about to being Ugnots are freaking sweet, man. Like, I know it's huge. <laughs> I, it was, it was actually extremely, extremely smart. I could, I could not believe they did that. I was just like, yeah, they made this, they, we fell in love with that character and, and we wanted to know more about them. And it was just sort of, uh a throwback to the originals. It was so cool. It was so neat. And it was very, very smart uh, to do. I love Quill. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it was cool. They did a lot of stuff about Baby Yoda, um, who they definitely don't call Baby Yoda. They call, they are very specific. They do say the baby. So they do mm-hmm. say the baby. They do say uh, a baby of Yoda's species. Right. But they definitely do not say 
No, they don't. No. Baby, Baby Yoda. Right. So they don't. They, uh, they don't like people saying that, but we we still from time to time we'll right. we'll do it. Every uh, every we, yeah, we'll definitely. Everyone else Yoda. is doing it. But they just talk about how like the puppet guys are there, right? And it's like five guys who are working on it. One, it's like one person controls his hands, another person controls his head, another person can control his eyes and his mouth and stuff with like a controller. And they talked about how. Um, you know, like the guys would just mess with people, right? You know, like so, like it's like you're sitting there and the ba- their baby Yoda's over there, and the, like then you kind of turn and baby Yoda's like turned his head to look up at you. It's like, what? <laughs> like, like you you forget that he's that he's his doll, right? Right, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. How much do you yeah. think baby Yoda cost to make? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's a great question. Yeah, I have no idea. I'll, you think it's a lot? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to pay five people just to run him. Mm-hmm. You had to make a controller, like a dedicated controller. There's the prosthetics. I bet Baby Yoda's like all said and done. I bet Baby Yoda's like, I don't know, research and development, like five million dollars. Really? I don't wow. know, man. I mean, I bet it's a lot. Like, I mean, yeah, it's by the time, it's, I don't know. What by the, the time you're, yeah. by the time yeah. you're said and done for the whole season. You're, I mean, you're paying like five people just to. So, I mean, there's salaries. There's five salaries you're paying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, I'm sure it's a lot. It's crazy. Sure. It's crazy yeah. to think about. Yeah. So then right. you think about then think about like they're like, well, it costs us five million dollars to make Baby Yoda, but we're gonna make right. fifty million just from toys. So what do we care? You know, what I mean, what do we care? Hey, right. <laughs> what do we care? Right. I mean, it's just it good was point. crazy to think about. All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's move on to some uh, transmissions here. So. Uh, got one here. This is actually a question we get quite a lot as this is from um, Badal. I hope I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. It says, hey, as and Matt, I know you guys probably get this asked a lot, but is there any way to listen to the full intro and outro themes? I really love them, but I have no idea what they're called or where to find them. Thank you guys so much. I love this podcast uh, for all the crazy theories and lore talk. So we had these custom commissioned um, so that's not like uh, like especially our intro is just it's um, our guy over at uh, Fiverr. Right. I think as asked him to design something that he th- like just th- take the idea of the force and make a song. And that's what he did. So it's not even like it's in Star Wars anywhere or something like that. And then I think right. we use like we use the victory celebrate. We use, we use a couple remixes of other songs for like the outros and stuff. Yeah, we basically just um, give them ideas, pitch ideas, kind of talk about what we want and then. Um, get some samples, we go over the samples and then give some feedback and then eventually we get kind of a final product uh, on those. They're, they're really neat and I guess if, if anyone wanted to reach out to that artist, I'm all about pushing artists and getting them you know, more traffic, more uh, sales, whatever. So if you're interested in that and you're looking for a really cool, good Fiverr artist, let me know. Send me uh, you know, a, a transmission or you can direct message me at wamprat underscore 2m and I'll kind of hook you up send you that he's yeah. really good he's he's really good and i i love sending you know people just more work and more commission work so yeah, yeah. absolutely uh all right this one comes from garrett he says hey guys love the podcast you should talk about star wars galaxy's edge at disneyland slash world on your podcast well garrett um i was planning on going actually roughly about now was when we had actually were, we were like all lined up for tickets to go. We were gonna um, my girlfriend's nieces. They're both uh, five. Uh, well, they just turned they just turned six like 
the other day. So happy birthday to them. Um, and so they just passed kindergarten. And so it's going to be like, we were going to go down with her dad, right. You know, grandpa and stuff like that. And so, um, kind of go all to Disney world, take them to Disney world. And I was like, well, I'm going to galaxy's edge while you guys go do, mm-hmm. well, I guess Dis- it's Disneyland out here on California. It's Disneyland's the California Disney worlds, okay. Florida. Right. Right. So I think so. I think so. Um, I don't know. It's one yeah. or the other. They're, you know, yeah. one's, one's in Florida, right. one's in California. So we were going to go to the one in California and go to, and I was going to go to Galaxy's Edge, but COVID, man, it shut it all down. So, I mean, right. but, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, so I would love to uh, record, do some vlog, do some whatever, go and experience it, uh, record a, a reaction afterwards. I may, just depending on what happens here, I, I don't know. I've talked about, I don't know. I don't know if I want to share on the podcast. I, I want to go down. I want to go down when it's, when it opens up, but I also don't want to go down because of everything that's going on. So I'm still kind of weighing and deciding what, what to do there. And I'm also still waiting to hear about celebration and do I need to save up my money for that and how different is it going to be more virtual stuff, all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting, but we absolutely would love to. And I think that um, eventually I've got a few other star Wars uh, friends and buddies who were trying to get sort of a, a big trip. Like let's, um, you know, I'll fly down from different parts of the nation and then we'll get kind of a you know a hotel together and then just go out for three to four days and really experience the park. I would love to do that. I've been dying to go. I'm, I'm really, I had an opportunity to go last fall and I did not go. And now I'm sitting here going, mm, man, really wish I would have so I could have got that experience in, but that's okay. Uh, when, it, when it comes up again, I will get after it. All right. Yeah, okay. so Disney so sorry, yes, just to clarify, yes, Disneyland is in California and Disney World is in Florida. But they both have Galaxy's Edge. Yes, right, exactly. Yep. So we'll see. We'll keep you guys but if we if we go there, you'll know. There'll be pictures and we'll record a reaction and it'll be it'll be awesome. Be something to talk about for sure. So thanks. Thanks to Garrett. Um on to uh Josiah, who <laughs> we have found out. Um Ooh, uh, is not the same Josiah that we thought was, uh, you know, our went to high school with us. That would have been something. That would have been crazy, yeah. That would have been crazy. Uh, so, hey, Matt Nez, it's, it's Josiah from Ohio again. I'm sorry to disappoint, but I am not the same Josiah that you uh, were friends with in high school. Um, as I'm 19, and I live over in western Ohio in the Dayton area. However, um, I really appreciate you reading my transmission on the show, and I'll make sure to get back to you about the D&D Star Wars campaign. Yes, still very interested in that, um, thanks again so much for the podcast and fostering an even greater Star Wars community. Uh, you are welcome, and we—it's uh, good to get some clarity on that. So, because I was sitting here going, you know, yeah, hold on, uh, it's like, yeah, we were like, hold on a second, because yeah. we invited a bunch of our friends into the group, and I was exactly, just like, yeah, you know, I'm so I don't know, it's kind of kind of interesting, but but yeah, um, yeah, and also if you're in Ohio too, and you're, I mean, gosh, this whole D and D Star Wars campaign thing has me thinking more about. How, you, well, Matt mentioned me getting maybe upgrades in tech and getting a, a better computer so I can game, uh, which I already have one that I can game on. But we're talking, we we it was a kind of the a real deal. Yeah, we, yeah, we were the real deal. Major, yeah. <laughs> major upgrades to the right. Outcast. I just made, I yeah, I just made some major upgrades. I have some more major upgrades coming. Um, but my at least you know my my engine I have over here. I literally just maxed out, and. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me just say, going into Star Wars Battlefront 2 and just clicking max on everything and then playing, it's pretty 
it's 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 great it's, it's pretty awesome it's, a, it's yeah. an amazing experience that's all i can say yeah i don't think i'm able to do that right now currently so yeah. i'll have to that's we'll, gotta work we'll on that to. i gotta work on that you could definitely so. play empire at war uh on max so that's yeah that, that maybe all you need okay yeah all right hey we got one here from caleb he says hello there uh, thank you so much for putting my transmission into the podcast. I have heard that uh, Taika Watiti is directing the next Star Wars movie, so I have been thinking about some different ways he could take this. I think it would definitely be uh, it will definitely pull something out of the um, other forms of Star Wars, like he did with the Mandalorian and the Dark Saber. He could do something like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child and have someone use the world between worlds to bring someone back, but accidentally ruining history. Maybe something like uh, Luke going back and trying to stop Order 66, but accidentally killing Yoda. They could go to Percy Jackson's approach with the world between worlds falling and bringing back people like Darth Revan, Darth Bane, or they could go the Avengers route, making a lot of standalone movies to lead up to a final crossover film. Again, if this transmission is worthy of a podcast episode, please post it on Spotify as well. Happy first hyperspace anniversary and may the force be with you, Caleb. As I believe all of our episodes are uh, on Spotify, are they not? Yeah, they should be. Yeah, I uh, should yeah. be able to find them on there. And so, yeah, um, we're on Spotify, um, Apple Podcast, um, just about just Stitcher. about everywhere, including YouTube, where we uh, yeah yeah produce so a I think, lot. I think of I think that's individual all content. Caleb was saying, yeah, just as long as oh, I got the podcast, yeah. So um, interesting, though. You know, interesting. The we I, I love that Caleb just goes there, right? Because what do you do? This is why we thought this world between worlds was sort of such a big deal. It's why Palpatine wanted access to it and it's a game changer. So you have to ask yourself in, in, in rebels, what did happen to Ahsoka? <laughs> what happened to Ahsoka? We don't know. Right? So the, the, when she's fighting Vader um, and, and Ezra leaves from there and moves on, what, what happened? Matt, did she, did she make it? Did she die? Was she saved by Ezra? You know what I'm saying? Um, <sighs> See, now you get into time travel, right? Well, that, Which is, that's what that's what I'm asking. Is that not exactly what happened, though? He, like, yeah, is that not what happened? So, did Ahsoka? Because the events, Vader left. Did Ahsoka leave also? Did did she go on and have a, a separate storyline next to Ezra Bridger after that, or? Did when Ezra Bridger went in there, did she die? But yet he continued her story by pulling her on into the world between worlds. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they man, definitely I, opened that can of worms. It's open, so right. we don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Because I'm trying to remember back into Rebels, and hear me out on this. Uh so after episode season, do we we don't see Ahsoka? Again, in seasons three or four, do we? Until, until he pulls her out. Right. Yeah. Season four. I mean, so that is that's the big thing. So for for such a long time, it's one of the things that Laura was sort of like, I can't believe Matt just got to go right to season four um, right. and, and got to plow right through and figure out what happened to Ahsoka because people for for a long time were wondering what happened. So did do you she, see? Did she die? Um, did do you Dave see Darth, Do you see Darth Vader afterwards? I I'm, I I can't remember. Um, uh, maybe in community. I'm trying to remember as well. I I know Thrawn was really more of the, the the shift. The, the they shift to Thrawn. The 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you... I'm trying to think, when would you see him after that? Maybe... I don't know. I honestly can't remember when, when you saw him. You, are you thinking that, what, he, he reveals to us that... Because she either lived or she or she died. Well, I mean, in, I would just... I, yeah, I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and look. I mean... Yeah, it's tough. So, do or we, do did we, she? Or, or how, here's another. Well, don't we see? Don't we see her bird fly away? Where in that episode where she's fighting at the end of episode two? Yeah, um, we do see at the end of episode two. What, what do you mean? Or a season at the end of se- the season two? The season two end. Yeah, there's still that's the that's why the question is there. Sort of like what oh, is I got up you. with this bird? What's going on with Ahsoka? That does. My, my whole point is is that if Ahsoka did live, if, right. You know, Ezra hasn't had a chance to pull her out yet. So if you go down that, that reality that Ezra is leaving the temple, goes on for another season, and it's not until a season later um, or so plus that he will pull Ahsoka out. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, what happened yeah. What happened to Ahsoka in, in that amount of time? Was she just laying there dead? Is that where she died? Right. Or did she escape as well and was living some other life? But then that reality was changed because Ezra right. pulled her out. That's wow, the can yeah. of worms that this opened up. And that, <laughs> yeah. People don't actually talk about it. I think it's everyone sort of went, whoa, that's kind of crazy. I don't think anyone's ever really wanted to talk about it. And Caleb, like I'm saying, right. drives us right back to that to say, uh, what's up with this? One of the things right. that happened in Legends is that you had flow walking and you had the ability to kind of go uh, back um, and go forward in time a little bit and you could maybe not influence things as much as you did in this world between worlds, but really that's a big deal. That's altering events. I mean, right. You know, the other thing, the other thing that's, the other thing that's interesting is the world between worlds, right? Um, the only things we really see Ezra see inside the world between the worlds, he sees all these doors, but are these doors that are powerful moments in the force? Right, like itself, or are these powerful moments in Ezra's life? Because it seemed like they were all just powerful moments in Ezra's life, but then Ahsoka sees something, mm-hmm. right? Like, so is that a moment that's like specific to her? Um, like, could you go back to any moment that you hadn't lived, right? Like, could you theoretically go into the world between worlds as Ezra and he sees all these different doors and stuff, but all the ones we see to him are all moments that he was involved with, right? Like, he tries to go back and possibly save Kanan, but then he sees Ahsoka, which he was there. Like, could he go back and say, see Order 66, right? Which he was not yeah. involved with. He probably was, wasn't even alive. Well, he probably maybe was just being born or something. Um, if he's roughly like the same age as Luke. I mean, because Luke was born days after Order 66 or something. You know what I mean? Or like, could he could he go back and see Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul? Because that's a powerful moment in the Force, right? Could he see that? We don't know. Um and so that would be it. That would be something that if they explore that, then that could change a lot of things. So it wouldn't necessarily be something like Luke going back and stopping Order 66. It could be Luke seeing a big moments in his life. So like a big moment for Luke could be, uh, could I go back and save Obi-Wan, right? Versus, versus Vader, right? Now, obviously, yeah. he wouldn't if it's post-Episode 6 Luke. But if it were Luke in Episode... I don't know before at the after episode four. I mean, well, he might try to because not understanding what it what it is, right? It's it's really it is it starts to be complex. You start to think about where at what point would someone gain access to that world between worlds? I think it was kind of a risky move. I mean, to to do it actually, and that's where I was sort of like, uh, we we don't quite understand it. I'll I'll say this: Ezra, when he goes in there, does hear Kylo Ren, um, does hear I think Ray. Uh, I think here's people that he's not either in, hasn't encountered or maybe even people from the past. 
So that was interesting, but are those doors or windows, you know, limited to only his experiences? Maybe. Um, would a more powerful force user be able to unlock more in there, perhaps? Is this a one-time thing where you, someone just randomly stumbled in there and we're, and like all is, all is well? Uh, we're never going to come back to it again. We just wanted to open that, you know, right. I, I don't know. Like, or, or did, or did, did, did Dave Filoni create this because Ahsoka, he left Ahsoka in that position. You know what I mean? Like, did he know he was going to come back and do this later on? Did he, did he actually have that planned out? That's a, that's a great question, I think, to figure out. Or, or was it like everyone wanted to know what happened to Ahsoka? He wasn't ready to finish that storyline. He said, you know what? I need to bring her back, and here's how I'm going to do it. Right. I mean, that, that's, those are the things I, I, I want to know. Does, does Ray go back and take Kylo Ren's hand? I mean, does, <laughs> yeah. you know, I right, mean, right. does she go back and try to save him? I mean, that would be if you were to go forward with something like this where I think you would ultimately ultimately do it. Yeah, I just that's something that maybe the high like going back to the High Republic or whatever that, back, during a time where you, you could I mean it's just crazy. That's that's sort of time travel. You're looking back at these events. Uh that's wild. It's wild that it's in that it's in Star Wars and um I really don't know what they're going to do with it. So Caleb, that's a great transmission. It's got us kind of thinking about uh, what this means. I see. I kind of think Ahsoka. I've always kind of thought maybe Ahsoka now is understands that that world, that realm, um, and is a guardian of that, and will not let anyone enter or access it because of the power that it has. That it has, and so will not let Palpatine or anyone else try. Like I, I kind of think that maybe what I, we don't really know what her role was after season four um, or after Ezra goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, they both leave right. or whatever, but, like, is it something that she's interested in and because it saved her, it preserves her to be this new guardian uh, of, of that? That's sort of been my... That's, again, which is, this is speculation. Which is, I'm just right, which is going to be the crazy thing in Mandalorian, right? Because when we, when we see Ahsoka, I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy, right? Because is yeah. she going to allude to that? Is she going to talk about it? Is, right. right. You know... Yeah, so I would love to hear what people's thoughts are on that because I think it's it's a fascinating um, box to open, you know, or world to open <laughs> because there's just so much uh, possibility, but yet it's one that we may not want to open again because it can be dangerous. So, yeah, thank mm -hmm. you, Caleb. Yeah. Really appreciate that. All right. Hey, we got one here from Eli. Uh, he, sent, he sent us some messages before. Uh, and he says, hey, Matt Nez, just want to update my opinion on The Last Jedi. Okay. Mm -hmm. Says, like I stated in my previous transmission, I wasn't a fan of it. And while I still can't say I love it after seeing the entirety, like seeing it in the entirety of the Skywalker saga uh, for the first time uh, for May the 4th uh, and the first time seeing it, seeing The Last Jedi since I saw it the first time in theaters, my opinion has changed on it. Uh, my main problems with it are uh, Hux. After his speech um, in The Force Awakens, I expected him to be the Hitler of Star Wars and had high expectations for him. Uh, it made me... Uh, the Last Jedi made him, you know, into, like, he wanted to be, like, the big baddie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Says Leia slash Mary Poppins. Uh, while I don't hate the idea of Leia uh, the, using the Force, in fact, I love it, the whole Mary Poppins thing in space just looks so off, and it's hard for me to get past. 
Um, she mm-hmm. says Holdo slash Akbar. I thought Holdo was an okay character, but to introduce a new character and then kill them off in the same movie little, leaves little room for emotion. What I think they should have done is have it be Akbar who takes over. You could still do the whole Holdo maneuver, but have it be Akbar. Wow. Uh, to make to make it better, you could have had him uh, stall like Poe did in the beginning, so his last words could be "It's a trap." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke, yeah. I won't go into much detail, um, as many others have gone into depth, but I just can't see how the main, how how the man that stood before the Emperor and refused to kill him, uh, you know, to kill Vader, is the same man who's going to kill his nephew in his sleep because he felt the dark side. Uh, we'll definitely come back to this one because uh, Sam Whitworth, who is, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> big time guy, feels the same way. Right. Right. Uh, Snoke. I think um, this one, I think um, Tross made me more accepting of because he was just a puppet. But there is still that memory of theorizing for two years about his, uh, you know, his origins. Hashtag Snoke is Plagueis uh, only to be killed off with no explanation. Rose, she still bugs me along with Canto Bite. Ray, um, I was never too like hard on, yet there are a few times her power should have been toned down, but I never had as many problems as the other people seem to have with her. Again, I kind of, uh, I think uh, Tross, you know, the Rise of Skywalker, kind of fixes it for me, but calling herself Ray Skywalker at the end um, is just accepting who she was. That's probably my biggest issue with her. Now for the positives. Um, I think Poe's arc makes sense. Uh, you just lead, uh, you just led an accessible attack on the First Order, and everyone calls you a hero. It go, uh, it goes to your head. Why? Because you're the, you're flawed. Um, you know, because you're human. Side note: While Holdo slash or slash uh, or Akbar right could have <laughs> told him a bit more info, uh, why should she um, tell him the plan? You. Uh, he wouldn't let you make the sacrifice play. He now thinks of himself as a hero who's willing to make sacrifices to prove it. The Last Jedi um, as some of the best cinematic shots ever. Some shots rival the uh, the portal sequence from Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Uh, he says, Kylo Ark is by far the best thing about this movie, maybe the trilogy. When he first got introduced, I wanted him to die uh, the villain, not be a repeat of Vader. But once again, Star Wars proves its tragic villain story works and couldn't work without The Last Jedi. So, uh, seriously ever think about its villains? Uh, Maul, Dooku, Ventress, Savage, Opress, uh, Vader, Kylo are all victims to Palpatine. Even in Legends, Revan began the best uh, example of a tragic villain story. Now you're just um, not your typical just rule this world villain. So with that being said, it's still at the bottom for me. The Christmas special and uh, the Christmas special and the Ewoks movies. Uh, no offense, Ezra. But they are so bad, it's funny slash fun, <laughs> bad movie, uh, and it's fun to make fun of them. If any, um, if anything, this is a testimony to the power of Star Wars. While it's at its bottom of this list, I still don't agree with Ryan's vision and really hope he doesn't do any more Star Wars. I can still enjoy it for what it is and what it brought to the galaxy far, far away. May the Force be with you always. P.S. The more info we get on him, and especially after Dave Filoni's seven-minute talk about him, Qui-Gon has been my number one favorite character. I think Qui-Gon's moral codes and what Luke was saying in The Last Jedi are one in the same. Thank you, uh, Eli, for that. Wow. Yes. So there's um, a, Hey, th- there's a lot. There's a lot. a lot to break down. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I first want to say uh, thank you to Eli because a lot of people will will just only present the negatives and, or and they won't present some of the positives or 
only the positives and then no negatives or whatever. And sometimes I can say I'm kind of a fanboy for, for all of Star Wars, so um, I tend to look over a lot of the like flaws or shortcomings or, or what have you, and I just love it. You know, I love everything about Star Wars. But there are those times where you're sort of like, I know what was jarring for people in The Last Jedi. And so let's start with, if it's okay, uh, Matt, just start with some of the problems that Eli yeah. has with The Last Jedi. And we're running that poll again you know, over on Twitter, uh, comparing it to the Attack of the Clones. So that's kind of, it's kind of interesting we have. Uh, this transmission about the last it's Jedi, and it's been 100, had 144 to... votes as of now, and uh, oh, okay, still, it's 73.6. Attack of the Clones is coming back, okay? Oh boy, okay, okay, all right. Um, so this is interesting. Um, let's start with point number one, which is you know Hux making that speech in the Force Awakens, and then going to basically getting made fun of the kind of weird comedy that happens at the beginning. Uh, and some people love that 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 comedy session between Poe and and Hux. It was a little awkward. Uh, but it wasn't terrible. It didn't like ruin the movie for me, but I do understand like what does, what happens to, to Hux? It seems like to, to help Kylo Ren rise as a villain, we brought down Snoke and we really brought down Hux. And the problem with all of that, and this is, this is when you look at the Skywalker saga as a whole, and this is what I think they ran into is that you brought down the villain Snoke, you brought down the villain Hux, you kind of diminished them, and you lifted up Kylo Ren, which makes him more of a baddie, yes. Um, there was, and then if he's the guy that you're going to re redeem, there's no one behind him that is going to be worse off, unless you're JJ and you bring in Palpatine. And so I really do think there's a lot of um, clear, it seems pretty clear that they did not, that Ryan Johnson did not, no, or that it wasn't not intended for Palpatine to come back. I don't see the breadcrumbs. There may be a few, but I don't see enough of those breadcrumbs to sort of say, hey, we laid a foundation that this is what we're going to go with. So, yeah, I mean, Hux, like if, if Hux is just sort of left neutral and is not diminished so much and you're still thinking that's a big, you know, um, he's someone who, who can be the, the villain. Although I'll say, um, Matt kind of, before we were going into The Rise of Skywalker said, Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe they diminish his character, and then it turns out there's this big twist where he's this super uh, villain, and he's kind of like Thrawn-like in intelligence and has been playing us all along. Like, something like that would have been crazy awesome, but I don't think J.J. found or, or saw a way to do that or to pull that off, and it's easier just to say we need Palpatine back. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's my response to to the Hux thing. You got any thoughts on, on Hux? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I thought... This is this was my this is like my thoughts going back. I mean, you can find them on old Rebel Watch stuff, right? Was I thought that what I would do in Rise of Skywalker. Now this is way this is like after this is like post episode eight, right? So I was thinking, um, you know, the shot in episode episode eight where Kylo Ren can't bring himself to fire on the cruiser that Leia's in. I yep. thought that that would be the the kind of turning point for Kylo Ren. And, of course, some of this may have happened with Carrie Fisher's passing. Again, that probably played an enormous role into some of the routes. They said, this is what we're going to have to do in Rise of Skywalker because she's not around. I still think you could have pulled. I still think you could have done it. Um, but what I thought they should have done was the issue becomes that Hux versus Kylo Ren struggle and I would have Hux kill 
Leia, right? And that is then the turning point for Kylo Ren to go back to the light side, right? Because basically you have this power struggle. You have a great scene in episode seven where Kylo Ren walks out and then, you know, where he and Hux are talking to Snoke, right? Where you have that that thing and it's almost like there's definitely a power struggle. And you have another power struggle in episode eight where um, you know, they're they're butting heads, they do not like each other, and Kylo Ren is now I'm the supreme leader. So, well, let's make Hux the supreme leader, right? Like Hux kicks basically does something to get Kylo Ren kicked out, right? Like he he won't bring himself to kill Leia, and so the rest of the first order views him as weak and we don't need you anymore. And then they kill Leia by shoot but just destroying her ship, right? That I mean that'd be a terror like you know, again, yeah. you would miss out on moments because Car- uh, Carrie Fisher isn't there. But if you do if you do it like that, then that's this like huge epic moment for Kylo Ren where he's now lost Leia and Han. Like and so Leia was really what it felt like the route they were going down would be his draw to the to the lights that would ultimately bring him back. And there's still tons of questions that they do in Rise of Skywalker where why does Leia right you know like her body disappears and his disappears and all this stuff right. that as as is brought up before, which are all really really good points and we need to we we hope we figure out more about so that's what i would have done and then you have then you elevate hux to the ultimate villain and you can have he could capture ray or something and then okay now it's that kylo redemption arc uh and so that's what i thought you could have done with hux now especially right after we read the phasma book uh, so spoilers kind of for if you want to read the Phasma, Phasma book, right, or if you haven't, um, essentially one of our main characters in that book, Cardinal, right, is this First Order trooper who is like the ultimate perfect soldier, complete loyalty to the First Order. And he's trying to bring down Captain Phasma because Captain Phasma's doing her own stuff and she's not really doesn't really fit that First Order image. And she actually kills Hux's dad, right? Armitage Hux, who is like Cardinal's, the soldier's mentor. So when he figures it out, he goes to or Brendel, excuse me, Armitage yes. is the regular Hux. Right. Yes. So he goes yes. to Armitage Hux, right? Yeah, the Hux we see, right? Um, and he says, your dad, Brendel Hux, was killed by Phasma. And Armitage Hux, the son, says, oh, I know. Like, right. I'm the one who who ordered it, essentially. Right. And so that, like, so you have this kind of backstory, right, from another novel or something. to you, so you bring it into his character. It's like, he is totally the type of character who would, like, you know, destroy a First Order ship regardless of what or destroy a resistance ship, including Leia, regardless of what Kylo Ren thinks. And you could totally see him trying to weasel Kylo Ren out. So that was kind of my thought just on Hux. I I thought he could be the villain. I thought you could do a lot of cool stuff with it. Um, it would be different than it being some sort of big force user, right? Um, like Thrawn, right? Like Thrawn is just this master tactician. He's not a force user. He can fight. Um, so I but so you can do it in Star Wars. It doesn't always it doesn't have to be about that. But so I to me, that was kind of like this is how I this is how I do it. Yeah. And, and so what happens and I, I totally I get what you're saying with um, it's a great reference to the Phasma book, because that's that type of I didn't see that coming. You know, I did not see. No, well, I mean, I, there all. are once you see it, then you look back, you say, OK, maybe his upbringing, you know, the whole his relationship right. with his father, whatever. But I that was kind of a crazy moment. You're like, oh, it's just Phasma. Cardinal's going to get after Phasma, and then boom, it's like, no, I actually am totally in on this, and I know I killed my own father. I mean, that's pretty crazy, uh, but the the Last Jedi does 
diminish him. I mean, like it, it, it belittles and makes fun of him. He doesn't seem he's tossed around like a rag doll by, by Kylo Ren. So I didn't see going into um, the Rise of Skywalker what else you could have done with him other than make him this guy who is just a traitor. Like he goes from such a large role in The Force Awakens to when you see him at the end there uh, in The Rise of Skywalker, who are these other people? Right. Uh, General Pride, the Pride is, is a bigger deal than uh, than he. It's just it's it's right. really interesting, and, and um, so I kind of yeah. see that point. I, I really do. I actually I thought it, I thought actually as even though it was diminished, I kind of did. I was okay with his role at the end of Rise of Skywalker, where he's like, I don't care. He's like, I just want I want to take Kylo Ren down. Right, I don't care about anything else. So I, I, I did like it, but yeah, I mean, he's it's he's not on screen a lot and stuff like that. And a lot of that, what, what I think we'll get through some more just of these quick points, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about the rise of Skywalker and, and Last Jedi because I think it's hard, I think, to even talk about one of the movies without talking about the other. Uh, yeah. A lot of just has yeah, and so we'll go into that. So um, uh, the, he goes on to the Leia Mary Poppins uh scene. So we as and I have talked about this before. Um, I uh read the spoilers of the last jedi because i was flying uh that weekend so i did i wasn't gonna have the opportunity to see at midnight i knew it would just be you know completely shared on the internet and everything so i read this uh before i saw it and i was like this is awesome right yeah Uh, i thought this was super cool i thought it was it was a really cool idea and then i saw it on screen and it does it does it looks awkward i i I 100% agree with that. I still think it looks it the scene itself looks awkward, but having now seen the last Jedi a couple more times, it's a lot less awkward than when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but I mean, it's nothing. I don't know. It's yeah, it's not it's, really it's, for me. It's it for me, for me when I first saw it and I was viewing this whole thing as a whole, I was like that was freaking weird. Uh and but now that I've, you know, I've come back around and stuff, it's 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 not it's not nearly as there's there's other odd things in the movie that I have more of a of an issue with, like the word battering ram cannon, which is still just so weird to me. Uh, and like and like, could we not come up with another like name? But right. Right. And so I would say like the Hux point to me is bigger than like this. This is one yeah. of those things where it's like I think most people are saying what Eli says, which is I love the idea that Leia is a force user. Um, is force sensitive. Clearly, that scene in Empire Strikes Back, and that's you know, Luke tells her that she is um, that the force is strong in his family. His father has it. My sister has it. Right, I have it. My sister has it. Um, and then, so that's that's interesting. Yoda says that um, there is another. Right, it's, it's Leia. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. And so that's why when you read that, when Matt reads that as a spoiler, you're like, okay, cool, totally get that. But then to see it, I. I I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I, it, did, it didn't bother me as, as much as it did everyone else. It was very jarring, but I totally see it. It's a little bit um, awkward, and it's just a little different than what we expected. I think, too, part of the, the problem, air quote problem, is just that there was such a push to try to do something that's just so different that it, that, that it, it, that it feels a little off or things feel a little forced or whatever. So... You know, maybe that's that's a part of it. But I love the idea that she is force sensitive. Obviously, she is, and um, and that they they try to show that they try to show that off in, in the Last Jedi. But yeah, I hear you, Eli. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then he goes on to his Holdo slash Akbar, uh, his Holdo slash Akbar uh, comparison, and how how he thought it could be different. I'll say this on the Holdo thing. Uh, you know, a lot of people had issues with her. I 
didn't i was fine with her being a one movie character um i thought she came in kind of introduced a good point yeah would it have been definitely a lot more um impactful uh had it been like akbar oh absolutely it definitely mm-hmm. would have would have hit harder and then maybe you save holdo to do something in rise of skywalker uh but mm-hmm. i i i thought she was i thought she was she was okay yeah i, I actually like and again this was all they had this all pretty much done and filmed and everything before carrie fisher's passing and so there wasn't really you can't go back and make those uh, changes and they didn't want to because right. that, they didn't want to dishonor you know her memory. It was, it was it's a good movie and it's all around. It's a it's a good movie. It does feature Leia in in a lot of ways and Carrie Fisher and so that's great. Um, but I guess if you, as you look at it, yeah, it would be it would be great to have Holdo um, for the the Rise of Skywalker. That would have been awesome. And then Akbar, I do wish and I I also think you could have brought Holdo on, featured, showed her strength and her leadership and that she's next up or whatever. But still have given us some Akbar leading up to this. I just didn't get enough Akbar actually. And is there really is there sense. such thing as no. enough Akbar? No, yeah, there's not. There's absolutely. not. And that was that's one of the things. I think sometimes people think like, well, we're going to have to like talk about who this guy is and waste some screen right. time or some lines on it. It's like, no, you don't. Um like they didn't do that in the original. Like people would just pop up. We didn't know who Akbar was. <laughs> when we you know like yeah. like like once we see Akbar, we were just sort of like, who the This guy's awesome. You know, right. he, he lets us know, like, what's up? He's in charge of the battle. It's he, it's a trap. It's it's awesome. So you didn't you don't need to do a whole lot, and I don't know why they shied away from that um, and giving him more of a, a role or a voice or more lines. But, yeah. Yeah. So there's but that. But, yeah, I get it. A lot of people did not like the Holdo stuff. I mean, the, I, 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 to- I totally understand that. Okay, so let's go into Luke Skywalker here. So this one this one's going to be – this one's going to be a big one. Um I have I have mixed emotions about this. And a lot of this also has to then go into Rise of Skywalker. Um first and foremost, <laughs> as 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 we're getting as we get as we get real serious here. I ultimately a lot of this a lot of this for me just comes down to the production of the sequel trilogy and why personally i guess i i like the sequels i mean start to finish it's star wars um and i like it i like them just because i like them i don't don't, it's not necessarily because they're star wars like i would i would watch them will i watch them will i go back and watch the sequels as much as i watch the prequels or the originals no um but that may change over time so is it the Luke Skywalker that I wanted? No. Um, is it the Luke Skywalker that many people wanted? No. But I guess my only my 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 big issue with it is ultimately I think what Disney should have done is they should have had Ryan Johnson do episode nine because episode eight and episode nine feel to me feel so different that you you're starting out on this plane and then you know it's like one person's like well let's we need to you come to a fork right do we go left or we do go right and it feels like one person's pulling the wheel this way and the other person's pulling the wheel this way right yeah and so it's like it's 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 just difficult because one again, Carrie Fisher's death, right? I mean, so episode nine would have been would have been something totally different had she not died. So 
Yep. That in itself, like, we don't even know what that theoretical episode nine would have looked like. Then it's like, well, Ryan Johnson wants to take it in this direction. Well, I would have loved to have seen his episode nine, right? And, or what, like, he would have gone with because episode two, right? You know, when, when I when I go back and I just watch episode two, the Anakin Padme stuff is kind of awkward actually like their chemistry is just not nearly as good as it is with episode three and so episode three to me makes episode two a better movie because you can watch it in full context and stuff like that and so episode set eight and nine feel kind of like two totally different sets of ideas and that's why i think you have a big divide of people who it seems to me a lot of people on the internet are like I really like eight. I did not like nine or I really liked nine. I did not like eight. Um, and so it's just interesting. Like I would I'm OK with Luke doing that stuff if it then makes further sense in episode nine. Well, it kind of doesn't. And it almost feels like they take back some of the stuff where he catches the lightsaber and he's like a Jedi's weapons never meant to be thrown. But that's like what he does at the beginning mm-hmm. of episode eight. Then, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of people coming around now, especially shooting, including Sam Whitworth, who voices, you know, he was Starkiller. He voices Anakin a lot. Um, Pat uh, Palpatine, who came out and blasted Ryan Johnson and said, you know, Luke Skywalker would never have done that. That's kind of the camp I'm in. I don't I it it it, it was kind of difficult for me to think about, like, Luke igniting the, the thing, being scared about attacking right you know like because it's it just seems like luke luke literally says to the emperor there's nothing you can give me that would want me to strike down my father there is no power there is no control over the universe there is literally nothing you can do that would want me to strike down my father and then to see him potentially strike down his his nephew is it's it's a difficult thing that i don't know if it's explained to its fullest and again a lot of that has to come down to we don't know what colin trevorrow's plan for episode well we kind of do because there's like a leak script but that's hard for me to really consider as anything canon i know i'm rambling here i'll, I'll finish up um no, you're fine. so it's just hard to view what episode nine was originally going to be when carrie fisher passed away and Colin Trevorrow gets sent out. And then rumors are that J.J. presented one set, one story he wanted to go with. And they shot some of this stuff. And then, uh, no, this isn't going to work. And there's some internal kind of struggle in Disney. And so the final product is what it is, which I think is a good movie that I think I prefer over The Last Jedi. But to me, there's stuff in The Last Jedi that I think is so epic. Like, I think Luke's ending is great i think his ending is crazy epic like it's 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 super cool there's the fight scene with kylo and ray and the praetorian guard scene is like one of the most beautiful scenes in star wars and so it's just tough really these two movies for me are just like it's just it's tough it's awkward like is what it is i mean i think they're both good like in the grand scheme of things like compared to all other movies probably not two movies i'm going to go back myself and watch a lot but Kind of is what it is, and I totally understand people's frustrations. Wow, <laughs> sorry, I, that, that that's my whole Woo! kind of big picture on, on get it out on it, yeah, get it out. And I'm gonna, I, you know what? Since you did that, I'm I'm gonna do the same. <laughs> All right, 
And I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've we've, ever we've, voiced we've we've kind of specifically not voiced our big opinions on these two movies on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so here we go. Um, I'm going to ask the fandom this question, and I would love to ask Ryan Johnson this question, and I think this would solve a lot of the mysteries. Maybe two questions. I would ask Ryan Johnson, when you were writing The Last Jedi, did you know who Ray's parents were going to be? Yes or no? I think the answer is no. I would also ask him, did you know that in Episode Nine we were going to get Palpatine or that Palpatine had created Snoke? And I think the answer in writing Episode Eight is no, that he did not know that. Um, I don't think he, I don't think those, that's my, that's my opinion. I don't know. Um, and that for me is, so I say that and let me then back up here. I don't know what was told to Ryan Johnson. This is way more complex than, than, than that. There's a lot more facets to this, but he did give us some, he is a great writer, but I don't think he was writing with the mindset that I think it he was just basically keep, the whole Ray, who's, who's Ray's parents line, keep that open. Just keep that uh, as, as, as open as you can. We'll figure it out. That, to me, man, is just not the way you write a trilogy. Ryan can say, you know what, fine, that's my task is to do this one movie and then I'm bouncing. Sure, here's what I'll do in that movie. I'm going to make this epic, epic, you know, a couple epic moments. We're going to kill Snoke and it's going to be awesome. You know, and then maybe he does know that, that there's this Ben Demption arc going on. And that's the big driving thing is that we just want to see Ben Solo come back, that no matter how far dark you go, you can always return. That's awesome. But, okay, so, so we have that epic moment. Luke's ending is fantastic. It's, it's great. Uh, it's epic. The, the Force projection, I think, is super cool. I even think every line in The Last Jedi, like when, when Luke says, this is not going to go the way you think, that is literally the theme for the entire movie. This is never, you know... Finn and Rose in Canto Bite didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. Didn't go the way they thought it was going to go, that it should go. Poe's uh, setup. Um, Leia almost dying, but then is, is revived, you know, comes, comes back. Holdo, the whole thing. At every turn, um, we kept going, wow, this is not, we, don't, we can't predict this at all. It's unpredictable. We have no idea. Things that we think are going to happen are not happening. Um, and so that's a little bit crazy. And because we like to say uh, in, in lo- most stories, you have some breadcrumbs or some foreshadowing or these little things that kind of indicate like, oh, now I can see where they were going with that. And that is what I think that, that the sequels are, are lacking the most, unfortunately, is that I don't see a whole lot of the, the reason we were speculating about Snoke and his origin. And the, like the, we have no reason in, in The Force Awakens to believe that Palpatine is back. Um, the only thing we have is a is a lightsaber thrust from Ray and the and Palpatine laughing in, in her vision, maybe. But what all in her vision? By the way, though, like that Force vision, she's hearing the cry of Luke Skywalker, which is a past event as well. So I don't, you know, I, I think that's interesting. So to me, that that's probably one of the biggest issues is just that like if you ask Ryan Johnson, who are Ray's parents, in the middle of shooting, the Last Jedi. Matt, I don't think. I, what do you think? I, do you think no. he actually knew who his parents, who were parents? No, were? I don't think he did. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. And that's a problem because you can't lay any foundation then for the next movie. And I don't think. I actually don't think that JJ knew. I don't think that Ryan Johnson knew. And then JJ, they basically say, "All right, you you tell us who her parents are." And it's like that is 
That is a little unbelievable. And that is, I think, and I, and I hate to say this because I do like the movies and there were some great characters. I like the character of Ray. I like Finn, Poe. I like Kylo Ren. I love Ben Solo. Um, I like Holdo. I like the characters and I like the, um, the planets and the worlds and the, the, everything that we, we, you know, even Canto Bite is interesting. Um, you know, I think Rose is an interesting character. Like, there's some good things happening there. The major problem is that these directors and writers were not, there is no communication between right. the movies. And, and that is, it's tough. That's right. really tough. So, 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 so I just went back and I looked because I just wanted to pick something kind of similar but random. So I picked Iron Man. Right. So I said, OK, well, hold on a second here, because did Iron Man have the same group of people directing it, writing it? Because it works as a trilogy, the Iron Man trilogy and its stuff in Avengers. And he shows up in all these other movies and all this other stuff. It's like they have different people and all this stuff. And it still all works right as a trilogy. No different directors, different writers, different screenplays, different all this stuff between all three movies. The only difference is that John Favreau directs Iron Man one and Iron Man two. He doesn't direct Iron Man three. He's in all three movies. Right. But, um, mm -hmm. and you know, then Kevin Feige, right. Who is like, he's like the big overarching producer of Marvel, right. Or Feige or whatever Feige, whatever it is, Feige or whatever. He's like okay. the Marvel produces all the Marvel stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, there's there's a set of movies, right? And when you look, when I just think about the difference in Marvel, and that you have all these different writers, all these different people, and they all do all of these totally, you know, different movies where all these characters are coming together, but it all works. They all have their own story arcs that work inside of themselves. They all work in this big over twenty five right movie thing. And here in Star Wars, we have three movies, right? You have the other two, Rogue One and Solo, but we have three movies, and we can't get the story <laughs> you know, know to gel and it's 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 just it's it's difficult um when i think about the sequels and i and i think about that and especially because it's the same company right if, if, if it were yeah. different companies like like dc for example i love dc i'm a as and i are bigger dc fans than we are mm -hmm. marvel fans he's a big right. superman guy i'm a big batman guy trust me the dc cinematic universe is a joke uh, like it's a it's a wreck. Uh, I mean, but some of that yep. stuff may get fixed with just the the Justice League rewrite. We'll see, right? But I'm the first to tell you it's a wreck and it's frustrating and it's disappointing. Um, but inside of that, you have like Wonder Woman is a fantastic movie. Wonder Woman is like this amazing movie, and we'll see when its sequel comes out and if it gels and kind of works together, right? But so when you're just doing these three movies, and there's really only these three. It's just it's it's frustrating when some of the these storylines that start right. So like I think that episode seven I think is great. I think episode seven is a great movie and it sets up a trilogy so well. Yep. But then all of these storylines that get started don't go anywhere, right? Like the Ray's Ray finds the lightsaber. How'd you get it? That's a story for another time. Never told, right? Like <laughs> right. you know what I mean? It's it's never told. The Knights right. of Ren. They show up at the end. We never, you know, they were, who were they? They weren't built up. Snoke, right? At least Snoke gets some kind of a, some kind of a thing. We know for a fact that Palpatine wasn't intended to be the villain because they literally talk about how they decided to bring Palpatine they, back for this movie, and that's, right? And that, yeah. And, and that's what, that's what saves this is that, and you know what? That's where I will give the rise of Skywalker a lot of cred is that right. it's, you had to figure out how do I take a bunch of different things that aren't necessarily connected and what can I weave 
back through there. That's a task. So I say to JJ, right. hats off. I also, though, will not go out here and say that, like, oh, shame, like, like Ryan Johnson, boo no. you. Because my, that's my question is, did Story Group, did Kathleen Kennedy, did whoever's in charge, who's looking over all three of the, like the, like the stories? Because their, their idea is, Matt, we're going to bring in three different directors. We're going to bring in JJ, Ryan, and Colin. All right. Who's going to be the person overseeing all three and communicating between the three and passing on? Who are those people? Like, who's helping write the overarching story? You know, in Game of Thrones, you have Dan and Dave. Um, Like, in Wheel of Time, you have Rafe Judkins, who is, like, overseeing. There are writers. Marvel. Yeah, you have Kevin Feige, and then Jon Favreau is very heavily involved in a lot of of it as well, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that is, and again, and again, maybe it's, it's new. It's newly acquired, and this is what I always say. It's newly acquired. They're learning. They're learning, and that's okay. You're learning. Gosh, it sucks that we didn't have those things learned before we started the sequel trilogy. But I get it. I mean, this is well, a this was a new this was newly acquired Lucasfilm. Well, all of that stuff, the integration with Disney, that's it's new, and it's right. just um, well. And you, I mean, and you look at. I mean, here's the thing: is you look at Rogue One, which was pretty much universally loved, and I think that Rogue One is fantastic right and because it's it's a single movie and you know again even episode eight and episode nine as single movies i think like they're 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 okay and i'm not here to i'm not really trying to bash either because there's definitely fans on both sides of the fence and there's definitely fans that think the entire sequels suck and all all of this stuff but i totally see everyone's arguments for it which i see with a lot of things i mean i love episode one right people hate episode one so it doesn't matter to me right right like you know what i mean everyone's like i hate jar jar and i'm like i don't care i freaking love them so i totally get people that love it and people that people that don't but yeah to me that's just kind of my some of my thoughts on on the final two movies and just like i it does to me they just feel kind of like but i think i i do think that seven into eight works really well i think that eight is actually a, a decent follow-up to seven I, even even with killing snoke and yeah. and having luke die i was like okay right. like yeah this but is cra- then, I, I, that's but why then, i liked it so much exactly like, yeah wow. exactly i wow. like I, yeah i mean for me my issues with eight weren't story issues they were like execution issues right like eh, cantino bite was all right but you know it was like the battering ram cannon i still i i don't know i make i make a big point out of that thing it's totally one line in the movie but every time i hear it i just like roll my eyes i don't know why yeah. um but um well, i mean here, yeah go ahead i think luke's ending is sick uh like force projecting himself there i do think he should have just force teleported i think it would have been even more epic right yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but or something but like that would have been right, cooler right. but so I do think at the end of eight, I do think we're at a really decent point with the story. I just but then they then they go back in a total opposite direction. Uh, right. And, you know, there's then there's the, the questions about eight, too, which is a lot of the criticism of seven was that it was too much like four. That was all of the big criticism of episode seven was, oh, it's it. They say it's not another Death Star, but it's totally another Death Star. Right. And then, you know, and so then eight, they a lot of people said they didn't want to make much like as much like the things they want to go in a deeper, different direction and stuff like that. So it's it's just tough. Again, I think a lot of it had to do with Carrie Fisher's death. I mean, just because yeah, we don't know how much we don't exactly. I mean, exactly like her. She may have been like it seemed to me like, okay, 
Seven is Han's movie, eight's Luke's movie, and nine's going to be Leia's movie. Yeah. Right? Yep. Which does still happen. But I mean, it's having her there is obviously a totally different thing because then you can have conversations oh, between her and Kylo. You know what I mean? Yep. Totally different lines. It's a totally different movie. And I do think, yeah. I, to me, I, first and foremost, I think that was the biggest factor into the final movie and what like caused them to have to shift into one a different direction. But then there are the rumors and stuff that one of the reasons Colin Trevorrow left slash got fired was he was like, you're killing characters that I want to use. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah, I, I know. If you, if you explain further in nine, which they don't, why Luke would have turned his lightsaber onto Kylo Ren or Ben Solo at the time, like you explain that further, like Ray, especially because you have this dark Ray, like Ray, you know, don't give into the dark side. Like I once was tempted, you know, or something you just, like you, sure. you, you can explain that a little further. Okay. Now I get it. Now it makes more sense. I think that because they just say, Oh, well I was scared. Well, what? Like, you know, and so people, people yeah, were frustrated about that. Yeah, I know. I know. So, so yeah, back to Eli's transmission. I, I hear you on, on that, that bit about Luke and that being uh, kind of hard, you know, that, that, that was kind of hard. I, I sometimes I've tried to explain it away. I've tried to say in my mind, you know, that he wasn't actually seeing Ben Solo. All he was seeing was the dark side. And so that's who he drew his lightsaber on. It wasn't his nephew um, because he was fully, you know, he had, he was using the force to look in his mind. Um, but still that is just me trying to kind of yeah, make it work in my own mind as to why Luke would do something like that because it's not the Luke that I know. And I know that's what Mark Hamill struggled with a lot. And um, I don't know that's what has upset a lot of people. But and if that were the only thing, I guess if that were the only thing um, that was really had people, I could really just look over that and just sort of say, all right, maybe Luke's tempted by the dark side. It happens. Um, in, in, in Legends, he full on like goes to the dark side uh, in, in Legend material and Leia brings him back. So there's a whole arc of that in, in Legends. So I could look past it. But... What is just, what is really hard, the reason why we finished The Last Jedi and we started speculating about where do we think this is going to go, the reason our speculation is all over the place is that no one can trace the breadcrumbs. We can't figure it out. And that's because the director and the writer also did not know where it was going to finish up at. Right. If you, you have to write with that ending in mind, and that's why, the, that's why the originals, by the way, are so good, because you have George Lucas. That's why it's amazing, you know. As you Which have someone who's I there, still who's say, oh hey, Colin Trevorrow's out. Disney needs to find a new director. Well, George Lucas is right there. Okay, I know. Like, I, I mean, know, I'm, I know. I'm just saying. Like, I know. I know. I'll just know. say, but you know, one other thing, really quick, and then we'll and then we'll touch on just maybe one or two more points of his of his thing here. I will say that the sequels were an infinitely more difficult task to write than the prequels because the prequels okay we have anakin we have obi-wan we know like these characters don't die you have yoda he doesn't die so now we just get to write these cool epic adventures that they go on and turn and show anakin's fall to the dark side it's much more difficult than saying okay we have to take characters that fans love use them to help propel new characters Mm -hmm. and you know so it's just it's a way tougher to come up with an original story so it's way tougher because you know, I, I, I don't even think yeah. a lot of people like I'm sure there are tons of people that are like, I don't want to see Han Solo die. Right. Like, yeah, I don't want yeah. you know, I mean, like I to me, it's 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 different. Sometimes when I watch Solo, right, 
it's like, oh, it's easier for me to think of Han Solo, that Han Solo going into four, five, and six, than it is looking at that Han Solo being like, wait, he ultimately ends up like having a son who becomes a Sith Lord who stabs it. You know what I mean? Like it's like okay, like right, because they have both those movies were released. They were released relatively close to each other because Rise of Skywalker, or Last Jedi was like December, and that was May. So I was like, okay, this is you know. So I think again, I think Solo was easier to write. Rogue One, hey, you're just writing an original story. Do whatever you want, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Well, in hundred percent. So, like, I, I totally agree with you. The sequels were hard. You're put in a tough spot there. It's that's why I keep saying, it's a very difficult thing to do. Very difficult thing to pull off. Bring in these legacy characters, write new original stuff around these older actors, uh, and and pull this off and make it fit inside of a Skywalker saga. That's also why it was very important to get George Lucas's idea as to where he was going from Episode One to Episode. Nine and he did. He does pitch something to Bob Iger. I, no one ever know. No one really knows whether they 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 bought his story idea, whether they used it or not. Is I don't. And again, I have no sources. I have no whatever. I'm just going based off of what I've heard and some of the things that I've read in articles and and things like that. Um. So it's just tough, man. I mean, they're in a bad. They're in a, a tough spot. Newly acquired, hard to pull off. I just. It, a lot of problems would have been solved if there was one director for all three, a writing team. Maybe there is a writing team. Maybe there was a writing team, but it's sort of like, well, we haven't got there yet. Let's see what you're going to do in The Last Jedi with these characters or what do you, because Ryan Johnson writes that. I mean, he, right. he, you know, like he writes it um, and that's it. And then he, they basically said, so what's your idea for the next movie? We, need, we want you to come back. He said, I've already got, uh, you know, I'm Knives out to, or whatever yeah. to do, to, yeah, to do X, Y, and Z. And so can't, can't do it. Um, so again, check. I don't know, and I really would caution people to not, yeah, people want to harp on Ryan, but whatever, he, he was tasked with do these things. It needs to be very different from Seven. He needs to take characters in a direction we don't expect, you know, and um, are, what, and then he's saying, well, are you going to tell me who Ray's parents are? Should I, am I going to decide that, or is that the, for the next person to decide? Right. No, you don't decide that, Ryan. We'll let, the, we'll let the next person decide that. Well, then we don't move the story forward at all. We can't even right. lay which is one a of foundation. The, which, is one, which is one of the interesting things about, like, uh, watching the Mandalorian, right, and especially this documentary into the behind it. You have directors who are like, "Well, I'm directing episode one and three, and you're directing, you know, five and six that have nothing to do with each other." And uh, but they're like on stage with each other and stuff, right? And so, like, you that's see right. them, and so it's just it, that's yeah. It's, and you have a showrunner, you have right. John Favreau who's overseeing the whole thing, and, and who, who is writing, who is right, who that, right. that Christmas Day where he was writing about everything that was going on and has a general idea of where this is going. That's why you have showrunners. That's why you have these people who are producers who are overseeing the entire production and trying to make sure that there's some story. And you got to imagine that, that a director is going to come to you and say, right. so that's the person you would give the, like the details about Ray's parentage. Right. And again, the curveball is it may be changed. Right. Is it hundred well, percent? Maybe and, it changed because she could have been, uh, right. you know, well, there's the other thing, which is, you know the the JJ cut right of Rise of Skywalker. Well, who knows? Some of the stuff in the JJ cut, you know, air quotes here that may exist is stuff that he had that could have tied back into the other movies and helped it bring more context forward. And who knows? I mean, some of that yeah, stuff's like yeah, we, we, we might because if if there's more content to Rise of Skywalker that causes us to think, oh, Rise of Skywalker is a better movie and it bring, ties the series together. Well, then you have a different view on the Last Jedi, which could be more positive. So. 
Who knows? Yeah. You know? Jeez. So much. But oh, yeah, I get wow. it. I totally get it. I get I get people's frustrations. I certainly have some myself. Um, but then, you know, there's stuff there's stuff I like about them. So it's it's mm-hmm. tough, man. But you know what? That's why I always have episode two to go back to, which is still getting <laughs> smoked, by the way, by The Last Jedi. So, you know, wow. people don't agree. Yep, with, people, de- people definitely don't agree with me. So. Uh, all right. Well, awesome, guys. All right. Yeah. Hey, as always, we want to thank you guys <laughs> for hanging out in hyperspace. Our next episode will continue to discuss your transmission. So be sure to send us your thoughts origin stories or some of your favorite memories from a galaxy far far away if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com we will see you guys next time and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dust and crops to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering so you can plan with confidence free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected and 24 7 customer support means you can travel worry free Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.